Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. We learned last week that Dr. Debbie, she deals with all kinds of animals in her Las Vegas practice. Ducks. She actually, they're pet ducks. People have pet ducks. And, you got uh, it. Do you deal with a lot of birds at all? You know what? In my office, we see a lot of different birds. So we see chickens. You know, we see the ducks. Um, a lot of people bring in wildlife too. So, you know, that injured songbird, um, that pigeon that is unfortunately attacked by a cat. We kind of see all of those. In addition to the pet parrots and all of those other critters as well. So, uh, if you're a birder and you're listening right now and you like to go out watching birds, the binoculars. Do you usually have your clothes on when you do this? That's my question. And what? Why would you ask yeah. that? Uh, because we're yeah. having a nude birder on today. Judy, you're going to really have to explain this a little more. I assume it's exactly what it sounds it like. Is, yeah, self-explanatory. He goes out bird watching in the nude. And I guess this there's not really guidelines for this, so he's made up his own guidelines. And, and the first thing is is that you can't see a bird and then take your clothes off. You got to have your clothes off before you see the bird, or it doesn't count. So okay, does it scare the birds away? Yes. If you're, no, I don't I, think I, so. I would be frightened. Yeah, you know, but but, <laughs> but no, but he has he has like a spotter that is ahead of him in case there's people out there. I don't know if how they. I don't know if he does bird calls to him or if he or if he texts him and says, you know, someone's coming around the corner, put on a towel. And then of course you come around the corner and you see this guy standing there with a towel. You probably wonder what's a yeah, little don't, strange. Don't birds like worms? Towel. <laughs> and hopefully he stays away from grade schools and uh, parks and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's out in the wilderness, miles away from any civilization. So I, I don't the, know. He's He's got his own rules. He's going to have to tell us what the rules are. And he's are. a guest on today's animal radio yes. show. Yes. How did you find him? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Um, wow. Okay. Lori, so what are you working oh, you're on? you're blushing. For the, what are you, <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. What are you working on for today's show, Lori? Uh, puppies and bunnies. No birds in this story about how they can make your marriage better. But you don't even have to have one in your home. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. That's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, let's go to the phones right now for your calls. Hey, Randy. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hoping you guys can help me with uh, my cat problem. We are hoping so, too. All right. Let's go for it. What do you got going on there? We have a, I don't know what kind of tabby, she's just a white tabby type of cat, and we've had her for three and a half years now, and she's always been a great cat. We've never had problems with her. However, we got a puppy um, March of last year, a little mini pen, and brought her into the family, and ever since she came into the family, our one particular cat, whose name is Tink, likes to pee on everything pees in the cat box, but sneaks in the garage and pees in the gym bag or the kid's Ooh, toy. fun. And it's only been since we got the puppy. She peed on the puppy? No. <laughs> not yet. Oh. No. She, uh, oh, she wow, sneaks into the garage. We've never had a it's... problem with her peeing anywhere, but it's only in the garage and mine and my husband's gym bag. Or okay. if she can't get to the garage, because if we lock the, it's the garage coming from our house into the garage. Um or if she can't get to the garage, it's only at nighttime when no one's looking. She'll go in the kids' playroom and she'll pee in their tent. You have a dog, and do you have other cats as well? 
We do. We have two cats and we have three dogs, and only the mini pens, the inside dogs, he's inside all the time. And okay. it's only started since we got the mini pens. Okay. How many litter boxes do you have there in that house? We have two litter boxes, and they only seem to use the one, but we always keep two. Okay. Um, and as far as this kitty cat, anything else going on? Are we having any other kinds of aggression issues with the other kitties? Um, sometimes um, I can hear at night, sometimes him growling or her growling at our other cat. Um, but for the most part, I mean, no other aggression, um, nothing else. I mean, that was just the only thing. And it had, you know, if we, like I said, if we lock the door to prevent it at night, if we remember to lock the door to prevent him or her from going into the garage, when we go to bed, she won't pee on anything. It just, it just happens if we forget to lock the door and she happens to get out there. Okay. And she'll pee, and it's only in that gear bag. No matter where we move it in the garage, she'll find it. Okay. So the the big causes for cats to urinate inappropriately are medical causes and behavioral causes. So my first crusade is always to make sure we're not missing anything medical. So I would, if you have not taken this kitty to a vet, have her checked out, get a urine sample, make sure all is well in her urinary world. Um, we can have crossover of behavioral with medical causes. So we really need to make sure we're not missing that aspect of things. But from there, there is a lot that we need to address for this kitty. And when we introduce a dog into a cat household or vice versa, you know, we always hope that they're going to get along. But that old phrase, they get along like cats and dogs, sometimes has some serious truth. And they're very big differences. It's kind of like, you know, some women can get along really well with other females and others, it's just like oil and water. So um, my fo- former college roommate. Uh, okay, won't go there. Um, so <laughs> let's just say that we need to work on making this kitty's environment more favorable for her. Now, dogs, things that cats don't like about dogs, they move fast, they make a lot of noise, and they disrupt a cat's peaceful world. So for cats that are having trouble in this situation, I recommend giving a lot of vertical escape to get away and to be superior to those dogs. Because cats, let's face it, they need to look down on dogs to say he may a little dog. So we want to give those vertical escapes. Those are cat trees, um, perches for windows, ways that we can find a peaceful zone. Um, The other things we need to do is work on this litter box situation because we usually want one more litter pan than we do the number of cats in a household. And that number can increase even if you have other things like two-floor houses. Um, If you have cats or dogs that go in or outside, we want to have them at different access points of the home. So a cat might avoid going to the normal litter pan if they have to go through a doorway or an area where, say, there's noisy children or a dog that might come chasing after them or annoy them. So we want to make sure that we have alternate litter box sites and make those so that they're in a quiet zone or they're away from the path of other animals and people. And preferably, I hate the lids. Take the lids off the gosh darn litter boxes. Cats do not dig those. Um, those are some of those basic things that we'll want to do. Now, for your dog, what we should do to kind of give your kitty cat a chance um, is to put a bell or some kind of uh, ringing uh, utensil on that doggy's collar. Give her a little heads up when that dog is coming around and give her the opportunity to seek out other avenues to get around the house or to get to the toilet if she needs to do that. Um, And there are some other things we can do, pheromones to kind of help relax the kitties and do a natural calming. Um, But for me, I think it's all about really thinking about what cats like and don't like about dogs in their life and to recognize that they have special needs. It doesn't matter that the other cats get along with that dog. 
does not matter. It's a very much an individual thing. Okay, well, I mean that that helps me out. All the you know all the little things that we've talked about, and uh, uh-huh. we've tried in, in the beginning. We put up a little border to separate um, the front room from the back room, which the cat is most of the time to keep them from each other. And um, sometimes, you know, Tink comes out and lays right next to the dog. So I really didn't think it was more of an issue. She'll kind of sit there, and it's kind of like I could see her giving a dirty look. But, <laughs> Maybe try to keep her a little bit more separated from our cat and give her a little bit more of her space. I think that's a, a swell idea and give her that little bit of quiet time uh, free from the dog in her world. Um, cats don't dig outings, but, you know, maybe a good cat spa day would be helpful. It always helps me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, she kind of, it kind of makes sense because she used to be out and about and the only time she actually comes out of the bedroom now, she just lays in the bedroom all day is at nighttime when our little dog is sleeping, we put her in a box every night to sleep so she doesn't disturb the house. But mm-hmm. that's the only time she's actually out and about and wandering around the house now is at night when the dog's asleep, locked in a box where she can't go anywhere. Well, I hope these ideas work for you. And uh, if uh, if you need a follow-up, we do follow-ups. I believe we're the only radio show that does follow-ups. And well, that's good. And I, that would totally help. And um, I will talk to my husband. We'll get more boxes and put a little bell on our little penny and let the cat know that she's coming. And get, and get those vertical spaces. They love those. Uh, we put a bunch yeah, around I, here. I, we, had a, we had a tree or the post, but they never really seemed to use them. She tend to hide in the closet, my husband's closet up top, and that was the only way she would hide from anywhere. She never really used anything or under the hmm. bed, um, which was really weird. We have lots of perches that she doesn't climb on. She hides under the bed or... Um, in my husband's closet. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know how it goes, okay? Okay, thank you so much for your help. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Dogs or cats... Horse or emu, animals are people too. A man going through security at LAX was recently found to have monkeys in his pants. When Robert John Cusack arrived from Indonesia, airport inspectors found 50 orchids in his luggage after four rare birds flew out. They then asked him if he had anything else to tell them, and he reluctantly admitted that he did have some monkeys in his pants. A search revealed that 45-year-old Cusack was hiding a pair of endangered pygmy monkeys in the crotch area of his underpants. Cusack is awaiting trial while the monkeys, happy to be out, have joined the monkey community at the Los Angeles Zoo. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. 
If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And the pit bull, the mighty pit bull, is so often uh, such a bad reputation. Misunderstood, yeah, yes. I think that's the word I'm looking for. People. It's, it is the people. Because they're actually very nice dogs. They are. And in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Jeff Jenkins. He has a pit bull circus. He has a circus, and it, his his personal pit bulls actually perform in it. Really? So it's not just all pit bulls. No, but his personal pit bulls. And what he does besides his circus is he goes out to like the inner city kids, all these young teenage boys that have these dogs that try to fight them, you know, the competition and all that. And he works with them to teach their dogs, they're mainly pit bulls, tricks. So instead they can co- compete with other guys' dogs and with the training of who can do the best tricks and who can do more tricks and stuff. It gives them something to do besides dog fighting. Okay, so we'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you today? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm in Georgia. Georgia. Are you a truck driver? No, just live in Georgia. Just live in Georgia. Okay. <laughs> I got Dr. Debbie here. How can we help you? Well, Hi. I've got a great all-American dog. Looks to have some, maybe some Rottweiler in him. So he's a pretty big dog. But my local vet told me to cut him back about 10 pounds and we've, we've been working on it but cutting back his food has been a problem for him he's tending to eat his poop and my other dog's poop out in the yard now and i'm wondering what i can ah, do about lovely <laughs> isn't that that old wonderful uh, feces eating it's just uh, such a thrill especially when they come back with that on their breath <laughs> yes <laughs> so have you had any success getting him to lose weight yeah, he we got a few pounds off of him, but he's just he just acts like he's starving all the time. Of course, every dog I know acts like that, but he's just True. now eating and starting to eat plants in the house. And oh no. Okay, well, let me ask up. you what strategy that you are currently doing uh, for weight loss. Are you using any special prescription-based food, or were you just cutting back on the calories that he's eating? Mostly cutting back on the calories, but we have the last bag of dog food we bought the. Um, kind of the weight loss uh, dog food. Okay. Well, here's the reality check for people that are trying to get their pets to lose weight. Now, if you just try restricting those calories by scaling back on the amount you're feeding, you're going to create a very hungry, frustrated dog, and that's what you got right now. The reason is that even those foods that you buy over the counter at the grocery store, at the pet store, that say weight loss or for weight loss, 
they're really not geared towards uh, longevity of weight loss. What you need to do is speak to your veterinarian about this and say, hey, help me out. My dog is eating things off the, the walls, the, the floors, the feces, what have you. And we need to get this baby on and actually a food that is designed for lower calories, but also still keeps those other important nutrients up. The big problem is when we cut back calories in the effort to drop the weight, if we don't have them on this type of diet, they're getting less protein, they're getting less vitamins, less minerals, and we can create not only a hungry dog, but a pet that has a nutritional deficiency. So it is just so important. And I know a lot of people say, oh, we just cut back a little bit here and there and we get them to lose weight. It may work for some pets, but it really can create a problem for others. So I would say that would be my number one um, prescription for you is to see your veterinarian about a prescription weight loss diet. And there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, and we want to get a gradual weight loss of really only maybe 1% body weight per week. So in a dog, your baby's size, you know, that might be not even quite a pound, half a pound to a pound a week. So we want to make sure that's gradual and that we're not making a frustrated pet because that, that's just no fun. And, you know, dogs that eat things inappropriately, there's a whole behavior of that. But if we're trying to lose weight, then we can actually be driving that. Um, and then we also want to make sure you're giving the baby some other outlets to chew, um, increase the interactive nature. So, you know, lots of play time, lots of fetch time, a lot of those toys, the Kong stuffed toys, the busy buddy toys, those things that have a little food item that they're working for. It keeps their mind and their belly occupied. So I think that, that would give you some, some other directions that we can go for your dog to kind of keep them, keep them occupied and not feeling like we're in the, the, uh, the Weight Watchers Club or the Ginny, <laughs> Ginny uh, Weight Club there and, uh, and happy baby. So good luck with that, Daniel, and, and hope he uh, drops that weight and isn't so unhappy about things there. Well, I'll definitely try that. Hi, it's Alan Cable. How much do you love your pet? A couple in Texas is trying to sell their home so they can offer a $50,000 reward for their dog. Me and my wife, we've never had any children, and I guess maybe that, that dog is replacement for a child. We had him, you know, for five years, and, and I got all those memories, but we just want some more, you know. Greedy. That man's name is Charlie Parker. We just want another day, another week, another month, another year. One thing's for sure. We all need to love and we all need to be loved back. And there's nothing more powerful. So besides giving a dog a home, what's the greatest gift you can give? Well, being a great dog owner. And what does that mean? It means understanding and satisfying your dog's needs, learning to communicate with your dog. How do I do that, Alan? Dogs need these four things. Socialization, structure, exercise, and affection. You're going to have to learn to communicate like a dog. And that's done with body language, not with words. Last week, we were talking about the most common dog behavioral problems. We covered barking and chewing. Let's talk about separation anxiety. If a dog has separation anxiety, he might get very anxious right before you leave. He's going to want to follow you around constantly, touch you whenever he can. And when you leave, a lot of things can happen. He might start chewing up your couch, going to the bathroom all over the place, barking. To change this behavior, modify it, and desensitize your dog first requires you to become a calm, confident, trustworthy, consistent leader. When your dog looks to you for leadership and can depend on you, the anxiety level naturally is reduced. Then you can start to teach him that, yes, you're leaving, but you're definitely coming back. In the dog world, the leader of the pack is the only one who's allowed to leave without permission. So if you're not in charge, when you leave, your dog gets all anxious because you're leaving without permission. You can begin by locking your dog in a crate and paying no attention to him for about 10-15 minutes. Then just leave. Come back in about a half hour. Pay no attention to your dog for 
10, 15 minutes, and then let them out of the kennel. Don't talk to them, though. And then over time, lengthen the amount of time you stay away. Your dog will learn that you're in charge, you're leaving, and you're coming back. And because you're not making a big deal out of leaving and coming back, your dog will learn to be calm while you're doing it. Fido Friendly Magazine, along with media sponsor Animal Radio presents the 15th Annual Cross Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66, along with advocate sponsors Hands-On Gloves and Embrace Pet Insurance and campground sponsor KOA. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago for six weeks, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Community sponsors Tito's Vodka for dog people and Susie's pet treats also provide prizes attendees can win with their donation to the shelter in the first 14 years the tour has helped to place over 18,000 pets into new forever homes log on to fidofriendly.com to see where the tour stops near you and who knows you might just find your new forever friend this is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, what kind of uh, relationship do you have? Do you think it's a successful marriage? Because um, there are different things that can make your marriage successful. If it's not, or your relationship, you don't have to be married. But if you're thinking the keys are love, communication, trust, and you know having things in common and all that kind of stuff, you're right. But there's a new study from the University of Florida that says it could also take cute, cuddly puppies and bunnies to make you happier. That's right. Uh, the, this team of psychological scientists, they found that to break the familiarity breeds contempt syndrome or boredom that can develop after years and years, um, that couples can make better associations with their spouse if they have a, a positive stimulus like puppies and bunnies. They found, this is what they did in their experiment. They, they showed one group of couples images of their spouse together with positive words or instead of a positive word, a happy image of a puppy or a rabbit. And then the control group in this experiment saw their partner's face paired with what they termed neutral images, something like their partner's face with a button beside it or a shoestring or a box. You get the point. So after a few weeks, they found the couples who had been exposed to positive pictures had more positive associations with their partner. <laughs> okay. That's why well, I you... carry a little kitten around <laughs> on my shoulder all the time, just to be more attractive to my partner. That's a good thing, Hal. You're yeah. so smart that way. Uh-huh. There's a pet cemetery. Did you guys hear about this? It's actually a pet cemetery, but they also have a crematory. It's in Illinois. And they are accused of deceiving clients uh-huh. by giving them ashes that were not really from their deceased pets. It's so tragic. But police found three deceased animals at this location inside of an old freezer. And luckily, if there was anything good that happened here, one of the animals that was deceased had been microchipped. So they contacted the owner of that microchipped animal who was deceased, and they said, um, hey, you know, that can't be our cat because we received our cat's ashes years ago. And police had to then explain that, I'm sorry, but that couldn't have been your cat because we just found your cat at this facility. Uh, The owners had believed that their cat had been cremated four years ago. 
And in the end, investigators found the bodies of 28 cats or animals at Katie's Pet Cemetery and Crematory. The oldest case was one whose owners believed their pet had been cremated back in 2001. That, that, that's just um, unthinkable. But the only thing illegal in this whole case, police say, was misrepresenting ashes of an animal because uh, pet crematories in Illinois are not regulated at oh. all. Jeez, that's a crime. You know, I, I've always wondered, though, if I the know. ashes I get back are really the ashes from my pet. Don't you? I yeah. mean, they say, but, I mean, how would you even know? Yeah. And are there other pets in there, too? Is it just yeah. like a... Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of freaky to hear that story. I, I'm sorry about that. And, but I know the feeling. I, I know that whenever I have taken animals um, and everyone that is uh, let go is is cremated for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do have a good feeling about the place that, that I take my animals to, uh, not very far from here, but um, they have a, a good reputation. They always send somebody out to the car who, you know, to take the animal from the car back to an area that I probably don't want to see. Yeah. And um, they're always really, pa- you know, I'm bawling my eyes out and sure. they're really patient. So, um, but if you have a, a weird feeling, you know, just... Go with your gut and and ask friends for a place that, you know, is really reputable and that they've been happy with. Now, remember Eddie the dog on the TV series, Frasier? Yes, ma'am. Um, Eddie, if you don't know, like we all do because we were TV hounds back in the day, uh, Eddie was the Jack Russell played by a dog who was actually named Moose, and that began in 1993. But Moose had to retire before the final four seasons of Frasier, in which Eddie was then played by Moose's son. So uh, apparently we were misled here. There are things that the public didn't know about Eddie Mm. because TV Guide uh, recently told the world after they did an interview with Frasier star Kelsey Grammer, they told everything. Grammer had confessed that Moose had gotten so old and so gray that the makeup department had to paint his faded markings back on darker. So you didn't see the gray, you know, it's like in TV, you know, nobody ever ages. So apparently it's the same for animals and actors and actresses. Um, They said he just got to sit on the couch and take it easy since, you know, he couldn't really perform and be that active anymore. However, the big revelation from the interview was that Eddie's owner on the show, who was Kelsey Grammer's father played by actor, John Mahoney, that he actually hated Eddie. No. Because he would bite Mahoney every time that he had to sit on his lap in the show. Hated him. <laughs> he was so glad to be done with the original moose, apparently. So uh, I'm disillusioned now. <laughs> I knew that uh that moose had changed. I saw it in the last few episodes. I, I was like, that's not the same dog. It was like the really. The, the, what, what did you do? You, do you remember what you noticed was different about him? He just looked younger. It, it, it was the same revelation that Darren from uh, Bewitched had suddenly <laughs> oh, changed. They were night and day, though. That, yeah. that wasn't even close. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at animalradio.com. Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets.
Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Janice? Yes. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie's right here. Hi. Okay. Well, hi, Debbie. I have a question for you about my Jack Russell Terrier. Um, okay. She, she's a wonderful little dog. She's in great health, uh, almost four years old, but she sheds incessantly. And every other person I've talked to that has a Jack Russell has the same problem. So mm-hmm. is there anything I can do to eliminate some of the shedding? Uh, well, I feel your pain because I have Labradors, and they are one of the breeds that yes, are the too. worst shedders. <laughs> yes. Well, I've no, heard about I, different things to feed them. You know, like somebody told me to put fish oil on her food, and I just don't want to do something like that without getting the okay from a vet. Absolutely. Good good advice right there. Um, as far as, and can I ask, is there anything actively wrong with her as far as her skin? Is she dry, or you're just looking for some shedding help? Just shedding. That's it. Okay, yeah, good. Well, I'm glad. Good. And what's her name? Her name is Candy. Candy? She rides in our truck with us. Yeah, my husband and I are truck drivers, and she rides with us. She's been with us on the truck for three and a half years now. And, oh, wonderful. Uh, she's a queen of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I, I will have some suggestions for you for Candy. And the, okay, the sure. great recommendations when it comes to general hair and skin coat things there's not a magic cure as much as we want a, a, a fix for the shedding problem. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe any product that says we're going to stop shedding because shedding is natural for every breed of dog. We see it less with some breeds and more with uh, other breeds, such as the Labradors or the short-haired breeds, the Terriers. So what I do recommend is a good fatty acid supplement. And we know that in dogs, fatty acids can help improve the luster of the coat and the health of the hair coat. They don't really stop that shed cycle and nothing really does nor should it stop that. So some of the simple things is, yes, we can use fish oils as a supplement. And there's good ones and there's not so good ones. So some tips I'd have for you for that, making that decision would be, we want to find good sources of pure fish oil. So um, it's more than just putting some flaxseed oil or cod liver oil. Those aren't going to be the best choices for what we want to do for a pet's skin. So we look for fish oils that are rich in what we call EPA and DHA. You don't have to remember that. Just remember we want to find good purified fish oil. So important for people and for pets. We want to find fish oil that is mercury-free. So you want to read the label. This is where buying something a little bit more expensive might be well worth it. So we want to make sure it doesn't have those kind of toxins in there. But, uh, yeah, I'd say fish oils, and there's some good veterinary line ones. Um, at my office, I use one called Icosiderm, and I really like that because it is mercury-free. And, uh, you know, I, my dog's coat looks better in the Vegas area. That it's so dry, so I really do think that makes a difference. So who are those dogs sitting right next to you? These are my two babies. They are conked out. They've had a very busy weekend, of a lot of swimming, a lot of hiking, and they are just done. They haven't even reacted at all to any of the goings on here. So I, I just, you know, I know that, Lori, your your dog always snores and makes a lot of noise when we're talking, mm-hmm. but, you know, my kids are just kind of out. <laughs> They're so lucky they get to go to work with you. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Do, do they get to visit with other patients? 
No, no. They pretty much, you know, they, they are kept in my office. But, you know, when they get to go out for a walk, you know, sometimes they're kind of interested because they're like, oh, there's a iguana they just walked by. Or, um, you know, we had a rabbit um, and, and a bird the other day in the cage. And they would kind of walk by the cage. It's like, this isn't normal. Why are, why are they sitting right there? <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-472-0658-800-472-0658-800-472-0658. That's 800-472-0658. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day we'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Joey, your grooming questions. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, talking to other dogs as she does. It's a, it's a service we provide here at Animal Radio, uh, just in case... Well, your dog wants to talk to somebody, right? See, I can't sure. believe everybody's looking at me so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> we have on the phone with us Jeff Jenkins. He is the ringleader of the Midnight Circus. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I am good. What's the Midnight Circus? Uh, Midnight Circus is an intimate, contemporary, one-ring tented circus that takes place in Chicago every year. And it brings together acrobats and two wonderful rescued pit bulls. Pit bulls? Pit bulls? Yes, indeed. What? And they actually perform? They do. They, they are the stars of the show. <laughs> I frankly. bet. No one wants to follow them. What kind of things do they do? You name it, they do it. They're pretty gosh darn talented. Uh, they jump rope. They do backflips. They do all kinds of co- comedy bits where they run in and out of the doghouse, opening and closing the door, jump through hoops, take my hat at all times, and generally steal the show. Mm. Well, you probably already know that uh, pit bulls are misunderstood animals. And when most people see pit bulls, they freak out. What happens in your circus? Well, first of all, it's, you know, it's very theatrical. It's very contemporary. So the folks tend not to, I mean, they, they're big fans. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our pit bulls are the conduit to the community, really, as I always say in our show, because so many times people do have those preconceived notions about pit bulls. So when they come out and they see them in a different light, well-behaved and friendly, and they know their backstory coming from a very difficult rescue situation, it builds that bridge. Now, I understand that you take the funds from the uh, the shows, the circus, and you donate it mm-hmm. to the park system and that you've raised close to a million bucks? We have. The whole idea started with us uh, over 11 years ago. We took our existing Midnight Circus company and decided we want to transform it to a much more community-oriented. So we partnered with Chicago Park District, Night Out in the Parks in the city of Chicago, work hand-in-hand with the communities, and each community benefits from the show. We've raised nearly a million dollars. And what do they do with this money? Uh, each park, uh, they do um, playground renovation, and they do different programming at their park. 
from what I hear, and I'm just now reading this, you're helping kids train their dogs to do fun things so that they won't train them to fight. Yeah, I ran actually a program for many years with the Humane Society of the United States, the End Dog Fighting Campaign, where I worked on the South and West Side Chicago's primarily uh, working with young men who were at risk or involved in dog fighting. The idea was to engage them in a positive way. And like you mentioned earlier, so many folks have just never seen you know, pit bull, generic term, you know, bully breed in a positive light in a lot of these communities. Uh, so through the circus and through the other work I do, we're able to shine that light on, on how great these dogs can be and then get folks involved in positive relationships with the dogs. So how can somebody see the circus? Well, you can check out midnightcircus.net. We've got all the times and dates. And then you can come out to a park across Chicago. We do eight parks over the course of eight weekends from the very south of Chicago all the way north and many stops in between. Are the dogs in your show, Are they? I guess they're your dogs? They are. They are my beloved family. They're staring at me from the couch right now. What are their names? Uh, Junebug and Rosie Ray. Oh, Junebug. I, I have a ladybug, and I said if I ever got a second dog, it was going to be named Junebug. Would you recommend a, a pit bull if someone's adopting a dog? What kind of person would that uh, be that would adopt or need to adopt? You know, like some dogs are low maintenance or don't have high a lot of energy. activity. Yeah. Some have high activity and energy. Well, I always tell people that, you know, if you want to adopt a pit bull, you want to make sure not everyone on your block necessarily wanted to adopt a pit bull. So keep that in mind. You want to be a good neighbor. You want to be a good spokesperson for the breed. So I say if you're active, if you're engaged person, if you're an active dog owner and this is not a novice dog, then I said this, this can be the dog for you. But you've got to put in the time because they are very active dogs, a lot of drive. Do you really need to be a leader with this type of dog? Absolutely, and that's certainly what I found. And so many of the dogs that are in the shelters, the bully breeds, they've been through the ringer. So you're going to adopt a dog that might require a little bit more work up front than just your standard Labrador or Golden Retriever. And you've got to be willing to put in that time and be patient and firm and positive. Well, Jeff, I salute you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you. And thank you guys for what you do. Big fan. Check out his website, midnightcircus.net. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. I like to see that guy totally dedicated to the breed and help changing everybody's opinion of it. I, I love when, when men do that kind of stuff because it's, you know, what makes a guy so animal friendly? Not that guys aren't because we all know how, <laughs> but but just, you know... Kind of turns me on. He just has a soft spot for the misunderstood, the I, underdog. I, why do you think that? There's lots of guys that have soft spots for animals. Yeah, but the typical image is a guy that wants to be macho and gets a dog to be tough and makes him look big and bad. And he's got the big truck. That's the image. You don't think of a guy. It's hard to picture a guy with a kitten. I think we did a couple stories last week where they have done surveys and everything. And that most pet owners are women or they're the ones who you know, buy all the food and everything else for. Is that for really true? The family. I, I understand they might buy the food, but I, I missed that study. You'll have to bring that study <laughs> back to me because as far as I have always believed, and now guys, you got to speak up. Call me. I mean, I think we're misrepresented there. I think we love our animals. Lots of them. Well, it, we're not saying you don't love them. We're just saying that, that women are more nurturing exactly. um, and like to have but but i do have to say i think you're right hell and that is changing with millennials see look at the phones they're ringing white hot right now you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android 
Hi, this is Eric Dane on Animal Radio, reminding you to stay and neuter your pets. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143-That's 800-689-0143. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you have just tuned in, you've tuned in at the perfect hour. This hour, we're going to find out why this guy goes birding nude. He's a nude birder. He (laughs) likes to go uh, looking for birds undressed. It seems very bizarre. Uh, For the last hour, I've been just waiting to hear what his story is. And uh, we're going to find out. Yeah. I, I thought when you go birding, you want to be camouflaged. And I would think going nude, you, you wouldn't be so camouflaged. But he has I a reason, know. a method to his madness. I, how, I guess how, so. How did you find this guy? I just want to find out. Well, when you hear about it, you know, through the social media about a nude birder, you got to check it out. I, when I heard about him, I thought, no, this isn't real. I got to really talk to this guy. And, uh, and you got him on the phone and said, come on the show. He, he has no problem coming on the show? Nope. Nope. Not at all. My question is, will he be dressed when he comes on the show? I see that he's on Skype <laughs> for this. Oh, and no. I want to make sure that. The waist up. The waist up. Okay. Yes. Well, that's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, there's a lot of information out about, well, actually, what kind of information do they want from you? Um, when you go to buy your pet supplies and food and everything online, yeah. they're taking all of that information and putting it together and making kind of like a composite, a picture of you. And we'll tell you what they found. That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Marilyn, hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Where are you today? San Luis Obispo, California. Really? This is our hometown. Are you listening on KVEC or XM? KVEC. Very good. We love our affiliates all around and, of course, a hometown station. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie is right here. Well, I have a almost 12-year-old dog. Her name is Zoe. She's Australian Shepherd, no, excuse me, Queensland Healer and Chow. And she has the body of a Queensland Healer, but the red hair of a Chow, but mm. no black Very interesting sounding. She must be a furry gal then. Well, she's been losing hair. I've been trying to give her flaxseed oil. It helped before. I don't know why. She goes through periods of hair loss. But that wasn't the reason I was calling you. Okay. Um, But that's that's another thing. Um, Zoe likes variety. And her dog food. I always get her good food right now if she's uh, eating pedigree. 
dog food, but occasionally, and she'll do this maybe several days in a row, um, then maybe not do it for two or three weeks, but she'll take the rug that she lays on and covers the dog food bowl with the food in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... And- and this is the food that she's been eating. So is, yeah. is it something that you're switching the diet and she's covering up a, a recent change in the food? No, because she'll, I, you know, give her different varieties, but she'll be eating it and then all of a sudden she'll decide to cover it and she'll scoot her blanket over it and <laughs> cover it, push it under a table. Mm-hmm. But she definitely <laughs> covers it. And so I tell her no, because sometimes she knocks over the water bowl in the meantime. So um, I have no idea why she does that. And Mm -hmm. she's very smart. You know, she's never um, given other problems. But. Well, and I'm not really sure that this is a problem per se. I, I think what Zoe's doing in this situation is very likely uh, just a natural instinct. Um, you know, dogs and cats, you know, they, in the wild, they want to actually make sure they get their own food. And they want to either save it for later or they're going to keep it away from any predators or competition that might be coming around. So burying their food or at least hiding it isn't an unnatural behavior. So um, she may very well just be dis- displaying that kind of instinct. So uh, call it a personality quirk or what have you. But um, now if she wasn't eating that food, then I often see dogs and cats both that will try to cover up um, a food if they don't particularly like the smell of it. And I can tell you firsthand, I see that in the hospital setting all the time when I have a nice prescription healthy food I want them to eat and they come up to it and they just look and sniff and those feet start covering the towels over the food. And that's a really a saying, a, I don't really care for this very well. You know, this smells. I just don't want this. But I think in your situation, she's probably just trying to hoard that for later. Well, I know she never empties the whole bowl at one time. Ah. You can leave her food out all day. There you go. And so she'll eat a portion and keep the rest for later. But um, she seems to like it when she has flaxseed oil in it. And mm-hmm. that had helped with her hair a while ago. So, okay, so that's it. It's, that's it's just Zoe. pretty common behavior. I guess Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, does this, Judy? She takes out, if she has little chunks of food, she takes it out and she hides it around the living room in her blanket and stuff. And then I'll see her like an hour later. She'll go and she'll eat it. She's very busy working. Yeah. She, this yeah. is her job, really, no, she to buries it, uh, forage you know, and bury. I'm afraid if I ever move, I'm going to find chunks of food all over the place that I don't know about. I think she's really smart. She just gets the blanket and covers it. That's uh, We teach that one to Ladybug. It, keeping it fresh. Well, thank you for calling and yes. listening today on KVEC. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hello, Hal and Judy. Nice Uh-oh. to talk to y'all. Hey, nice to talk Steve. to you. I'm your over-opinionated truck driver that calls in every once in a while. I missed you. <laughs> we kind of got I kind of got it figured out, but I want to run it past you. Our Boston Terrier started having diarrhea this morning. Okay. And I'm not there. I'm here in Virginia, and she's over in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm kind of figuring it's going to be with when the girlfriend washes the floor, uses this orange citrus stuff, and of course the dogs are gonna walk across it, but it's only affecting her that her the diarrhea is like yellow and milky almost is what my girlfriend said. Hmm. Okay, but you have multiple dogs and she's the only yeah, one that's we, sick. 
yeah, our our uh, our French Den and our French Bulldog aren't having that problem. And this is a citrus and orange, one of the citrus oil-based cleaners? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know what? I, I'm not overly sold with the idea that that's particularly the cause. A lot of the uh, citrus-based cleaners do have lemon oils or citrus oils, which, you know, they can be irritating to the surface potentially, um, of the like surface of their skin. But I really can't say that I've seen a pet develop a GI upset from that, just from traipsing through the area that's been treated with that. Um, right. Now, if a pet chewed up a bag or a bottle of it and got into an, an oral ingestion in that way, that might be a, maybe a different thing. So I might actually be looking for a, potentially another cause for this yucky diarrhea. And there's no great science when we talk about colors of diarrhea, but when someone says yellow or milky, you know, I, I get a little curious, and I'm looking for infection potentially in those situations. So, um, you know, I would certainly, you know, make sure that there's not been any kind of rapid diet change, uh, something that she's been offered off the table or a new no, they treat. Don't eat pe- they don't eat people food. Uh, there's only one type of treat that we give all of them. Um, mm-hmm. We did change the food, but that was about three weeks ago. And okay. but we did it gradually with their old food and their chicken and rice that we mix in with it. Good. And um, but see that she just noticed it because when she washed the floor the week before, it happened then also. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then she well, washed I mean, the floor again yesterday, and it's happened again today. Hmm. And I guess if it was a transient thing and it went away at that time, then you know maybe I would agree with you and make a link on that. It's just not a real typical type thing. But as always, I always kind of look towards the medical side of thing, and before I would ever blame any product for anything like that, I would make sure we get a stool sample checked over to your veterinarian because um, sometimes it could be a, a chronic parasite, it can be a type of a bacterial infection um, that can attribute that type of uh, problem, even if it is an intermittent one. So I'd want to make sure we look at that. And then I guess the other thing is, boy, she needs to come over and help me clean my floors. <laughs> I've got sores in my knees from scrubbing my floors. It's horrible. Well, she, so. takes, she does that there, and then our roommate has got three cats, so... And she tries to keep that room clean because of ladies that we're rooming with. She, she, she does a good job, but not really that good of a job. But, no, I just <laughs> hey, really now you're on the air this. now, so we have to you're be. You're in trouble there. Well, <laughs> they, they don't. They don't listen to. They don't listen to the XM in the house. So I don't have to worry about it. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Well, Steve, we appreciate but, your call today. No, I, I appreciate y'all calling me back. You've been a little bit of a stranger, on. you know. No, I know. It's just. You haven't had many opinions? For a while, I didn't have XM and all that, but I like calling in and talking to y'all. Okay, well, we we hope to do it again. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Alan Cable. There's big controversy regarding your pet sleeping with you. We're talking to a sleep doctor who said it's a bad idea and he got lots of hate mail. You know, there's experts on everything. You see them every day on TV. They try to tell you what to eat, when to sleep, where to go, what to do, what to look at. It's ridiculous. The doctor made a good point. He's just trying to help people in this country sleep because tons of us are having trouble sleeping. And he said if your pet is interfering with your sleep, then you should try not sleeping with your pet. That's all he said. Here's the reason I wanted to continue the discussion on this. There are a lot of folks to let their dogs eat whatever they eat and sleep in their own beds because they feel guilty. People like this guy. What can I get you? What's the problem? Why are you crying? Tell me why you're crying, honey. I feel sorry for that poor dog. Why? 
Because you're supposed to be a calm, confident leader. You're supposed to earn your dog's trust and respect. Why are you crying? That dog doesn't know what you're saying. Are you afraid of the camera? He just knows he's getting attention. Now, this person you're hearing is one of my friends, and his dogs sleep with him. He doesn't sleep, but his dogs do. In fact, his dogs run the entire show, and up until just a couple of days ago when I talked to him about it, he didn't see that. He didn't realize that. Now, 20 years ago when I used to tell folks to put their dogs in crates, they thought it was the most horrible thing there was. Putting your dog in a cage. Now it's accepted, thank goodness. The one thing that prevents us all from being good dog parents and good people parents is guilt it cripples you if you feel guilty about not letting your dog sleep in bed with you because he always has and he's whining about it well you're clouded with emotion and you'll never be able to do what's best for both your dog and yourself your dog is perfectly fine sleeping on the floor in a dog pack the leader has his own spot none of the other dogs sleep with him they don't go near his spot unless they're given permission so can your dog respect you when you give up your spot and let him have it probably not and you could be opening up a can of worms for a host of other troubles. So remember, if it works for you, fine. But if you're doing it out of guilt, well, that's the worst reason. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. Animal Radio. I didn't. I didn't leave the dogs. I you didn't let them out. out. I didn't let them out. I love that song. Yeah. So uh, we're just around the corner from the uh, big birder, or I don't know if he's big or not. But we're, <laughs> we're going to talk to the birder, who's a nude birder, and we've been waiting the entire show for this. It's uh, an intriguing story, I'm sure. So you want to stick around for that, right around the corner. Uh, we're also going to go to the phones here in just a couple of seconds for your calls. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, I assume that, uh, Dr. Debbie, all your birders, when they come into the office, they're all fully dressed. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that is one requirement we have for our clients. Please come in fully clothed. <laughs> can you think of any reason off the bat why this guy would uh, go birding nude? Maybe he's just like a naturalist and he just likes ah. to be outdoors yeah. and enjoy the full experience outdoors. And I can kind of get that. that. I just, sure. I'm a little not sure why the birds enter into the nudity. Yeah. 
Well, I, I do curious. have to say, I, I did talk to him before the upcoming interview. And oh, you you actually pre-interview people? Yeah, yes, I actually do. And uh, <laughs> he he told me he's also going to be officiating at a nude wedding coming up, and it's going to oh. be it's going to be a hats only wedding. Uh, hats. So, so the bride can still wear her veil. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Because okay. you still have to have fashion if you're a nudist, right? Sure. But that says I mean, because you lose all the clothing, you, know, you got to have fashion yeah. somewhere. Yeah. He's probably just a nudist. Yeah. Just likes hanging free yes. like that. Okay. Well, he's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Stick around for that. Like you're going to go anywhere now anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for accepting my call. Well, of course. I have Dr. Debbie here. She can help you with any of your problems there. Debbie, I've got a, she's a half-breed uh, golden retriever and fox terrier, and uh, she's almost a year old, and I've had her checked out for worms. She's up current on her shot, but it seems like every time after she eats, she throws up. She's not mm-hmm. digesting her food. Is it the food that's wrong, or what can you tell me? Okay, and I'm sorry, how old was she again? I didn't catch up. Okay, she's almost a year old. Well, in the first thing with puppies or young dogs that we look at is, is definitely going to be parasites. Um, so that's always one of the first things that we look at. So checking a stool sample and then doing a good round of deworming is always indicated. If okay, that's I been gave done, her a worming deal. Okay. Uh, and um, I would also just make sure that you do have an actual parasite test done because a lot of times we can deworm and not really get everything that's truly going on because there are different dewormers. And I, especially out in my area here, a lot of people think we don't actually have certain types of worms, so they don't do these things. And you can actually have other types of parasites, microscopic ones, other than little worm critter type things. So definitely make sure you follow through with that. Now, the other thing would be food-wise is if, if a puppy particularly is eating very fast, um, a lot of times yeah. they may vomit afterwards. So one strategy that I might suggest um, would be to slow down the process of eating. And we could do this by doing a lot of different things. You can actually put a smaller bowl and invert it inside your dog's bowl so that they kind of have to slow down and kind of work around the uh, barrier, if you will, so that we don't gulp as much air and inhale that food too quick. Um, That's one thing. And then also feeding smaller, more frequent meals can kind of help with that. But if it's the particular food that we determine that, you know, maybe is a cause of that, we may look at doing a food change to something different. Um, Okay. Um, I'm feeding her kibbles and bits. Uh, and that's what the other dogs eat that I've got, and it doesn't bother them. Uh, is kibbles and bits a good thing for her? Well, you know, I can't say it's good or bad. Um, I'd say, that, like I said, the first step would be check her for worms. That would be very important. The second thing would be slow down her eating, and then I would talk about, well, maybe we need to change the food. And one di- one brand of a diet could be perfectly good for one pet, but could not settle well with another. And it's really just a matter of individual uh, systems. You know, just like some people can't eat uh, milk or cheese because they'll be visiting the restroom every 10 minutes. <laughs> so for pets, we can have the same type of thing where they have what we call a food intolerance, where their system just doesn't thrive on certain components in the food. And it's nothing to say bad about kibbles and bits, but that just not might be the best choice for, for your baby. Then the other thing we can kind of experiment with is different consistencies of food. So we can go from dry to canned food and seeing one might settle better with the other. 
Um, but with a young baby like that, I really look at, um, you know, just an over-eager eater and that perhaps we're just uh, inhaling that food faster than we can actually think about it. You said you were giving her or you gave her a pill for warming. Is that something you just uh, got at the store or was that something your veterinarian prescribed? I got it from a Purina store. Okay. Yeah, and and that too. I mean, it sounds like you've got good intentions, uh, but it is very important with deworming that we make a sensible approach to this. So we want to do the right deworming at the right schedule. And uh, especially, you know, a lot of dogs will deworm when they're pups every two weeks to every four weeks. So just giving them the one dose may not necessarily take care of any kind of issues that could be uh, lingering there. So, yeah, I think that's what Howell you were probably getting at there. And you know what? I also yeah. think that Dr. Debbie, she's, she's very nice. She's very politically correct, but I'm not. And kibbles and bit ain't the food for any dog. <laughs> So, but uh, we appreciate your call. I hope things uh, go well. Let us know how if if you need a follow up. We're here. Okay. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Doctor Paul on Incredible Radio. Is that what it is? Animal Radio. Okay, I'm sorry. Hello, this is Doctor Paul. On Animal Radio, you know, take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that you know, they get them lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. That's 800-472-0658. Hi, this is Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. With the pet industry growing so explosively fast these days, any information that can be gained from your purchases for your pets is going to be extrapolated every which way possible for those companies which profit from your spending habits. Search data pulled by Hitwise from major pet supply websites in, I think they did it in the month of June, shows the majority of both cat and dog owners and Hal, I'm doing this story because, you know, we talked to Jeff Jenkins last hour and you wanted proof. Yes. So Hitwise gave it to us. They found out that at least those doing the buying for their pets, that most of them are women and that the women who own dogs make nearly twice as much as those who own cats. So the majority of the pet owners they have found are women. Ah. What, ladies? Judy, I saw you run over to the microphone to laugh, and I'm so glad you did, because we were right. Yes, proof in the pudding. In uh, the pets and animals industry, Hitwise says that Chewy.com and PetSmart pull in more than 10% of pet industry website visits. It's those, you know websites that are strictly all about pets and pet products. But they also analyze the data from a lot of us that are online pet supply shoppers, and they say that we start off on Chewy.com and then head over to Amazon to, you know, compare prices, make sure we're getting the best deal, and that most of us end up buying on Amazon instead. I was a diehard Chewy fan, and I know you guys probably were too, 
But since they've been purchased by PetSmart, I think things are running a little differently. I, I've gotten several email notices saying that they're no longer carrying this brand or that yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah, it's really changed. She's sold out. Yeah, I go to and Amazon. They, they said they weren't going to change, and, and I think they have. Well, roadkill is just uh, not a good or funny subject. But this incident is so bizarre, I had to tell you about it. Uh, You can only imagine or try to imagine the bizarre calls that authorities get, law enforcement, like one in California where the highway patrol recently had to respond to a report of a dead kangaroo on Interstate 580 near the Oakland Zoo. The CHP then later tweeted, reports of a kangaroo on I-580 were false, (laughs) said marsupial was actually an enormous raccoon. If you can believe that. That's a big raccoon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The officer who removed the animal from the roadway said he had never in his lifetime seen a raccoon that big. So, um... We've talked a lot about how many exotic animals there are in sanctuaries now because of misinformed or uncaring humans who buy them as babies, not knowing the full story and what it's going to take. But the huge population of captive tigers has gained a pretty surprising new champion in Tinder. After management at the dating app noticed, you know, hey, we've got a large number of profile pictures on our site that feature men posing with captive tigers, like they thought it was this macho thing. Uh Yep, a little background here. Yep, There are only about 3,200 tigers that are left in the wild now. On the flip side of that, it's estimated that there are as many as 10,000 in captivity in the U.S. alone, and many of those are ending up in sanctuaries because they become dangerous. It's, It's hard to take care of them. So Tinder executives do not like all of the tiger exploitation that's going on. And they recently posted on their blog that, quote, posing next to a king of the jungle does not make you one. They said it's time for the tiger selfies to go. And they urged users to remove those tiger selfies, saying that it would donate $10,000 to Project Cat, which hopes to double the number of tigers in the wild. Men, take your picture with a kitten. The women exactly. love that more. I, you know, it's like these guys with these big trucks. The only thing that the people that look at it are other guys, you know? <laughs> That's not a turn-on for women. Again, big tires, it's not the turn-on, you know? Big tigers and tires. No, no, get the kitten. <laughs> I agree. Kitten. In a Maybe. Honda. Little Honda car. Smart car. Smart car. There you go. Smart car with a guy with a kitten. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That would be heaven. <laughs> okay, time to go. Judy's out of control. Uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Uh, This is the portion of the show that we've been waiting for the last (laughs) two hours. We're talking with Olaf Danielson on Skype. Hi, Olaf. How are you doing? Pretty well. Pretty well. 
Uh, you're dressed. I'm glad to see that. We, <laughs> we yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, oh, they we just see a shirt. Who knows from the waist down? <laughs> yes. We uh, we understand that you like to go birding, and we understand that you like to do it in the buff, nude, nude birding. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Now, why is that? Well, you know, I can get into the philosophical reasons, but the practicality of it all was sort of a an odd. Uh, not really a bet, but a an encouragement from my publisher one day when I was sitting in her office and she asked me uh, what I thought of this figure movie that was out about uh, five years ago. And I said, well, that's all fine and dandy, but could he see 749 species naked? And <laughs> then she sort of uh, wrote out a, 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 a draft uh, contract for a book project and sort of slid my way. And I looked at her confused and said, I want you to go do a, uh, a book on this and, and spend the next year seeing how many species of birds you can get while you're naked. Things people do for their publicist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure I should have said yes to that. But it was fun and interesting. And I met a lot of interesting people and had some interesting adventures along the way. And that's what life is about. I bet. And we'll find out in just a couple of seconds about that. But I got to think, you know, for me, I wouldn't want to do I just don't want to be in nature naked because, I, frankly, it birds love worms, right? And <laughs> I, I'm just a little afraid. Didn't you have any concern about that at all? Well, not that particularly. There were some other more pressing concerns, uh, mostly bugs. Uh, cold came to mind. Sure. Uh, the uh, authorities, such as the police, of course, might be <laughs> uh, a bit of an issue. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of just, you know, didn't really worry about what my mother thought or my wife thought. But, uh, you know, there's, all, there's a lot of different things you have to worry about. Uh, you know, I didn't really look at any, you know. None of the birds actually came that close, thankfully. But what about, you know, you said you didn't care about your mother, you know, but what about other people? Aren't there other people out and about? Well, A, it's sort of uh, interesting of what uh, tolerance people have, especially West Coast. Now, I would say (laughs) it's a different set of people in certain other parts of America. But they're a little more tolerant to finding, you know, the the odd chance encounter of a naked guy on on a trail in the National Forest. But, uh, you know, I sort of decided, to, you know, when I first started this, I said, well, there's a lot of places in America that people go naked at. And I started with there and then sort of, you know, to get a better birding total, I had to kind of get out of the, uh, the uh, naturalist clubs and sort of get to um, more interesting venues, which did involve some, some risk for me uh, in getting in trouble. But uh, it, it all worked out, and I didn't get arrested despite a couple of uh, encounters that might have, and I didn't get eaten by anything. I did get chased <laughs> by a bear on July 4th uh, in 2013. Uh, actually, into, strangely enough, a Hindu wedding photography uh, outing. They were taking wedding pictures for a Hindu wedding uh, when uh, this bear was hot on my, my tail, which was actually good because then as all the people yelled, bear, bear, <laughs> Uh, the bear sort of stopped, and I kind of snuck around in my car, which when I came there, there was nobody at the uh, the parking spot in Yellowstone. But a lot of things did happen. Did you do this alone? Uh, sometimes. A lot of the places I went to would require uh, spousal uh, participation, especially in some of the the uh, 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 clothing optional clubs that I, that I went to. Uh, sometimes I would bring my friend, a uh, friend of mine with, who's another birder. Sometimes he would take off his duds too. Sometimes he would trail back on the trail. It was sort of my, uh, 
you know, if somebody came bouncing up the trail behind me, he would start going into a coughing fit or start talking to him and would give me some time to uh, uh, whip out a, uh, a uh, uh, kind of a sorry Pareo wrap that I carried in my, uh, uh, my uh, little water pouch that I had with so I could pull out and get some decency, so to speak, and not get into trouble. Yeah, because that looks normal, walking. a guy walking around with a sari, naked but a sari in the woods. Yeah, I kind of got some funny looks, especially in Florida once from that, I would admit. We are with Olaf Danielson. He's an author. I'll tell you a little bit about his book, and we'll get some stories. And he has official rules for birding. That's all up next right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Holy education! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie, they've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens! How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We are with Nude Birdist, or I guess Nudist Birder, Olaf Danielson. And (laughs) to celebrate, we're actually all doing the show today in the buff, except for a precariously placed Animal Radio bumper sticker. So... uh, (laughs) Welcome back, Olaf. Tell us, uh, uh, there are rules to your birding, your nude birding. Is that correct? And where did these rules come from? Well, I, you know, there's not really an organization of nude birding. So, you know, like anything else, when you're the, sort of the first guy to sort of get it organized, sort of get it kind of, you know, uncovered, so to speak, uh, you had, I had to kind of set up some rules. Otherwise, uh, you know, it would get out of hand. And my rules sort of became one day when, strangely enough, I, I pulled up my scooter uh, on a on a road closure where there was a big traffic light and there was like a 10 minute wait to this convertible finding two naked ladies sitting in the convertible saying well a girl has to get some sun it's a long a long drive from seattle to new york and i said to myself you could sneak around all over the place in a convertible and be naked uh and see birds so that would sort of be against the spirit of the whole project so i had to make some rules okay sort of- what are the rules well, yeah, I, you, had, you couldn't be in a, in a vehicle. Okay, got that. Vehicle. That's so you, one. You had to be, you know, one step away from the car and have the door closed. You could also couldn't just drop your duds in the trail. You had to kind of start on the trail at the most opportune place. Now, maybe the most opportune place was 100 yards around the corner, but from that point on, you couldn't wear anything. You know, if you got coarse, 
if you got caught off the trail or you were suspicious that you're about to get caught, of course you would cover yourself up. And from that point on, you couldn't count any birds. You had would have to go back to where you started, which happened to me a couple of times. So I, mean, I was trying to make it tough but fair. What about footwear or hats? Yeah, footwear and hats, uh, I think, are were uh, need, uh, needed. So I kind of had the knees-to-neck kind of uh, uncovered uh, sort of thing because some places it got hot, needed a hat, and, of course, footwear was always needed. Could you do this any, in any state, anywhere? Yes, I, I took my uh, year, and I saw uh, 594 species of birds during this adventure. Uh, I took it from uh, North America, and then uh, the Caribbean islands north of 15 degrees, which was a sort of an arbitrary point. And I excluded Cuba because, you know, being an American, can't really travel effectively to Cuba. I'm not sure I'd want to anyways. But I wasn't quite sure how this would work if I didn't include a couple of Caribbean islands where they have nude beaches. Although in re- reality, I could have done just fine without them. Uh, you could count every bird except like chickens? Well, you have to have, you know, accountable species. Now, the, the birding... Uh, authorities have sort of said the bird has to be free-ranging, can't be in a zoo, has to be a self-sustaining population. So obviously chickens are not self-sustaining. And some, you know, some other minor issues in terms of if you can count the species. There's a well-documented list of bird species out there for most birders that we all sort of follow. Is there, um, being as, you know, you're nude, are you you less likely to disturb the birds or is there a a kind of bird that prefers you nude birders? One would say that it shouldn't make much difference, but it did seem to me, anecdotally, of course, that in some places the birds accepted me sometimes. It seems like I could get closer to them when I wasn't wearing anything, but that could just be my perspective. I don't know. Any wild stories that come to mind? Well, I, I got shot at in South Texas, <laughs> wandered onto a uh, guy, and my buddy goes to me, he goes, uh, he must not like you with no clothes on. And I looked at this guy, or made a mistake, and I looked at him, and he was about 200 yards away looking dead at me with his gun in the ready position, and I wasn't quite sure what it was about, but it might have had more to do with we might have stumbled on a, uh, a growing operation in the backcountry. Uh-huh. I wasn't quite sure, but we turned around and spent the rest of the day hiding in the mesquite until dark when we met each other on the road. But uh, I was worried that this guy was going to come and chase us down. (laughs) Uh, So that was kind of scary. One of my uh, many weird exploits that happened. Sometimes when you take chances, you end up having odd things happen to you. Damn straight. (laughs) Would you recommend nude birding? It's interesting. You know, it sort of makes you feel one with nature. I mean, it's something you can easily start in your backyard, I guess, depending on where you live. Uh, I, I sort of have, have got a bit of a following uh, of some people who will email me uh, uh, their, their bird list that they had seen, you know, clothing optional. And it's kind of interesting that there's some people out there doing this now. But it's, it's interesting. No, I, I'm not exactly, you know, a lot of the places I did go, bringing a binoculars or a camera was always suspicious. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. It's just... <laughs> uh, you have a book. And before I say the title of the book, confirm that these are all birds. <laughs> In the title. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay, the book is called Boobies, Peckers, and Tits. All birds, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Get your mind out of the gutter there. What's the book about? It's about my, I spent a year, as I said, uh, 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 2013, seeing how many species of birds I could see while I was naked. It's a bit of a sociology study on on a lot of the places I visited, as well as my my, uh, 
birding exploits. Uh, a lot of weird things happened to me during that course of year, and I decided that, you know, as my publisher would recommend it, I, I, I kind of kept track of all these stories and made it into a book. And is there a website? Yeah, Adventures with Olaf, which is bigyear2016.com. I actually did a, a straight big year last year, setting the, the national record with clothes on. Uh, <laughs> just because, you know, I, I felt like I left something on the table, so to speak. Uh, we will put links to everything over at the website uh, that Olaf's mentioned. Olaf Danielson joining us. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. So no to problem. <laughs> Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go check out Olaf's website right now. (laughs) Uh, Remember, if you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet. Have yourself a great week and download the Animal Radio app right now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.